As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Special Halloween edition to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host Shane Grove, and for this special edition, I am we're me and Jason, the super producer. Say hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? You're not even going to say greetings on Halloween. No, not on Halloween. Whoa, that's the one day of the year I won't do it. Okay, all right. Well, uh, the super producer and I are in the company of the one and the only, the Judge. Hey, everybody. Well, hey, welcome back. I'm back briefly. Kind of like, like Gabe Kaplan, right? Welcome back. It's a great show. Great show. Up your nose, the rubber hose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so if you may, so if you're a loyal listener, you may have noticed our uh, intro music was a little bit different. What we're doing tonight is we're going to uh, share some uh, spooky songs by some of my friends in the songwriting world. So that first show, that first song that you heard a clip from was called "Graveyard" by. Canadian artist Nicole Ray, written by my buddy Sam Davis, David Madras, and Hayden McHugh. So we're going to play a couple other songs here throughout the uh, podcast that are Halloween-themed and spooky. And uh, at 
when you get done with the podcast, you can go find a link. Jason, super producer, put a link to go to Spotify or somewhere, wherever there you can find him if you want to listen to the whole song. So uh, before we uh, before we bring on our very very special guest, I just want to remind everybody that if you you got a story or something you want to share to us, share with us, and it's um, I don't know if it's going to be as good as what we got tonight. But you, let's They're see. putting a lot of pressure. I'm on putting you. a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on you and our guest to. Uh, All right. Yeah, she wanted us to lower the bar. I'm I'm putting the bar up pretty high, but uh, I want to remind everybody: come find us on Facebook at the From the Shadows podcast page, our forum page at After the Shadows. Find me on Instagram at Shane Grove Author, From the Shadows podcast on Instagram, or just go to our website, hit the contact page. It'll send me an email. I guarantee I'll read it. I may not comprehend it, but I'll read it. I'll try at least. And uh, if you got a story you wanna wanna come on the show and share with everybody, we'll we'll have you on, you know? So without further ado on this spooky hollows eve. Yes, is that is that what it's called, right? I mean, usually you correct me. You're sitting over there. I'm like, just sitting here. Look, man, I'm just in awe. You're just in awe. Yeah, I'm watching <laughs> this man work. <laughs> so our our very special guest tonight is the one and only Lauren Snap, host of Pop Crush Nights, uh, which is syndicated all over the country and world. Is that right, Lauren? Are you worldwide? Oh, absolutely worldwide. We global. Move over, Pitbull. We are worldwide, baby. <laughs> I really like Pitbull. You really like Pitbull? As a mailman, I hate Pitbulls. Sorry. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. But uh, Lauren, Lauren was gracious enough to come on and be part of our, our special Halloween show. Um, she claims she has a couple, you know, ghost stories or whatever. So I got to take her at her word because... She seems a very like a very upright. Oh, it's upstanding. it's rare that we get a world renowned, nationally known guest. I mean, it's happened a few times, but yeah, it's rare. Yeah. So there's no pressure, Lauren. You're you know you are uh, you're walking uh, ahead of everybody. <laughs> you're the first footsteps. <laughs> Correct. Well, see, here's here's the deal, though. It's Halloween, right? Yeah. So this is either going to be scary for everyone or just terrifying, terrifying for me. Because I'm I'm scared to be on this podcast right now. You guys are setting the bar so high. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. My palms are sweaty. Really, it's really the bar's really low, and everybody, you know, <laughs> the bar's really low for us. So, so before we uh, before you get into, it, why don't you kind of tell our our listeners um, a little bit about yourself and where they can go find you. Yeah, so my name is Lauren Snap. It's Lauren with a Y. Snap to the double P. I'm everywhere at Lauren Snap. So L A U R Y N Snap. Like you snap your fingers, two P's. I don't know if you can hear that. Two P's. Um, yeah, and I I host a nationally syndicated pop show for radio. I do a little bit of TV and uh, grew up in West Virginia, which is I think a state that is just filled with spooky stories and lots of folklore. So I always grew up kind of just soaking all of that in. So I've got a couple of stories to share that, um, you know, we can kind of talk through a little bit and get a little spooky, but I absolutely love Halloween. You guys are my favorite people. So I'm just, I'm ready to, what do they say? Eat, drink, and be scary. Let's do that. 
Ooh, I like it. All right. That's pretty good. Sounds good. And that doesn't include all the bad jokes we told before we got on the air, right? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Bad (laughs) jokes, dirty jokes, dad jokes. That's all I got. (laughs) <laughs> so 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 let us hear a little bit about your uh your time in west virginia i mean the stuff that we can we can air the ghost story is that what you're asking for yeah yeah okay so i grew up on a 100 acre apple farm right so it was an apple orchard we had you know some cows and and things but like for the most part it was apples right so when I was growing up, my, my parents would always tell us, like, there's this one field that we had that has, like, some mounds in it. And it was always, honestly, a pain to try and, uh, like, make hay, right? Because there were these mounds. So growing up, we were trying to figure out, like, you know, what was under those mounds as kids. And we, we started kind of digging into, like, the, the history there. Well, it turned out it was a graveyard, Right. So my brother and my my friends that lived in that area, like we would always like play in that graveyard or whatever. We never really like thought too much about it. Um, so, you know, as a kid, you're always just kind of spooked by graveyards. And later in life, both my grandparents passed away. I was in college and their house was empty. So the, the, the farm that we grew up on, my grandparents lived down the road, which was still on the farm. But, you know, I mean, 100 acres, is that's a lot of a lot of space. So the, the houses aren't too close together, but they're close enough, you know. Mm-hmm. So when my grandparents passed away, I was like, can I move into grandparents' house and like live there so that I can have my own space or whatever? I'm in college and, and driving into school or whatever. My, my parents are like, yeah, actually, it'd be nice to have somebody actually living in the house, right? So uh, one night I was doing homework. It was pretty late. It was maybe 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I hear this, this tap, 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 tap. I think it's water. Okay. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've got a leak in this house. I don't know anything about any of this kind of stuff. So I stand up and I'm looking in the kitchen. I'm trying to figure out like where this water would be coming from. And I keep hearing this tapping noise, right? So I can't find the tap. I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm trying to figure out where this water's coming from. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's in the walls. So I'm listening to the walls and I look up and I see this man walk from one side of the living room to the other side of the living room. And I immediately kind of freak out because I'm in this house by myself and I keep hearing this noise and I'm like, okay, what on earth? And then I hear the shuffling and I see this man, he walks right past the door to the kitchen where I'm standing and I look out and it's my grandfather And I recognized the shuffle. I saw his, like the profile of his face. I mean, he had passed away when I was about nine. Um, And he just walked right past me in the living room, walked right past the kitchen, the the kitchen door, walked past and the house, the way that was set up, it kind of went in a circle. So he passed me and I'm stunned. I don't know really what to do, but I recognize him. And he doesn't seem to notice that I'm in the house and he just walks right past me. So I go to follow him down the hallway and he completely disappears into the living room. So fast forward, I'm like, well, what do I do? Do I tell my, my parents, you know, cause my parents, they're skeptics as, as you know, as, of course they are. Right. So I'm like, do I tell them that I saw my granddad or do I just let it go? What happens? So I give it a couple of days and I go to my dad and this, this grandfather was my dad's dad. Right. I go to my dad and I said, Hey dad, I, uh, I gotta tell you something. This is going to freak you out. And honestly, I can't, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. You actually might be angry about what I'm about to tell you. And, um, 
And my dad was like, okay, let's sit down and talk about this. And I said, okay. And we sat down and I said, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. I know you don't believe in ghosts. You're kind of a skeptic. You don't like spooky stuff at all. But the other night I was in the house. I told him what happened. I said, you know, granddaddy came through the living room and he, you know, I heard this tapping and then I saw granddaddy and he shuffled past the kitchen um, but he disappeared into the bedroom and I, I have no idea what he was trying to do or what he was trying to tell me or anything. Like, I don't know why he would just randomly show up. That was the first time last time. Don't understand it. And my dad started crying and I thought, honestly, my dad kind of has a temper. So I was like, Oh, this is not good. <laughs> you know, we're headed mm. down the wrong road. <laughs> I've never seen my dad get so angry. He cried, you know, and that's what I thought we were doing. And it turned out that my dad had been like dealing with like a lot of stress and trying to make some pretty big decisions about the farm. And he had been, you know, taking, taking some time to like really like sit down. And he told me, he was like, you know, honestly, I prayed that the decisions that I would make, like I would be able to have a conversation with my dad. And I just wish that he would show me a sign, whether I should, should, you know, keep part of the farm or we should sell part of the farm or whatever. He was dealing with a lot of stress. And, uh, he goes, I had been praying that granddaddy would just come back and just give me a sign. Like, even if he could just show up or show some type of sign that he was here and that, you know, there was comfort that I would make the right decision. And he goes, I've been praying and praying and praying. And he goes, are you sure it was granddaddy? And I said, I, I, I think so. I mean, I was nine years old and now I'm, you know, 18 or 19 years old. So there's a decade of time. And also just the innocence of youth. I think it was granddad, but maybe, I don't know. And we started talking about it. And he goes, you know, the reason that I'm I'm upset about this is the reason I think it's granddad is because you heard the tapping. And I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, well, your granddad, whenever he was trying to like think through something or if he was, you know, really in, in thought, he would tap his fingers. And I never knew that about my granddad. You know, I was too little to really pick up on like personality or body language or nuances of that kind of stuff. And uh, so that was really, really interesting. Um, so fast forward this a couple really of months. Scary. This is really scary. Well, is the tamping a sign to keep the farm or sell it? To keep it. Mm. To keep it. Yeah. Like anytime he was in a tough decision, like I, I guess that was like a thing that, that my dad and my granddad had together. You know, they just like they they just knew each other's body language. And whenever there was a hard decision that was you know, it was harder to do something, like that was I don't know, something. Anyway, they kept the farm. They kept the farm. Um, have you guys ever had like a lucid dream? Yes. Oh, very often. Yeah. yeah. What do you think that is? Do you think that that's a dream where your body is paralyzed and you're dreaming? Or do you think that that is a spirit that is coming to visit you in that moment of like, I don't know, uh, dysmorphia? Of, of I guess it'd be the, what kind of dream we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that it's uh, it's somebody or something trying to give you a sign from another plane of existence. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so fast forward a couple of months. I had been feeling very weird, okay? Now, I've had this thing that has followed me. I remember being in a crib. I don't know how old I was, but I was in a crib still. So I was very, very young, couldn't speak. And this, uh, I don't know, demon cat-like thing would visit me in the middle of the night and scare the crap out of me. And I would cry. My mom would come in and she would pick me up. 
and this this cat like creature would disappear as soon as she would turn the light on. Well, describe but the cat like creature. Was it like big? Was it like the size of a cat? Was it bipedal? Was it if you remember? It was a little bit bigger than a cat, probably about the same size as like a bobcat, you know. Um, but it was all black. It had um, cat like eyes, but they were massive. And all I remember is that it had like almost like human hands with really long, vicious looking claws and it would never hurt me, but it would sit outside of my crib and it would just use its fingers to like play with the, the rungs of the crib and it would scare the crap out of me. And I would wake up as a child and look out and see this thing. It would never try and touch me. But it would act like it would. It was like taunting me from the other side of the crib. Now, Lauren, I don't, I don't want to creep you out, but I just recently, we just recently had a guest on who, as a kid, was terrified of cats and owls. Mm-hmm. Mm, and just, just terrified. Like they would come and, and visit her and she just, she hated them. And she, yeah. how old is she now, Jason? She's in her 50s, maybe 60s. Yeah, I think she's like early 60s. So this was like. 50 years ago, this was happening to her. And she just just now concluded uh, that she had been being, she was had been visited by aliens. That that is what, Ooh. that is what, what she thought were cats and owls because of the eyes. Interesting. They were, they were great. So I don't, you know, I don't want to freak you out. I mean, I know it's West Virginia. The odds are you might have just been a cat. Or <laughs> I mean, well, or I mean, Green Bank. Is not too far from where I grew up, and that's a that's a pretty strong alien based place. You know, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff happening in the stars there. <laughs> so I'm not going to put yes. it past it. Wow. Yeah, I, I have no idea what this is. Okay, so well, I have no I'll clue. freak you out a little bit. So, black cats are big in Celtic mythology, and there's mm-hmm. a there's a Celtic myth called the the cat Sith. Kind of like, you know, in Star Wars, uh, they yeah. call him a Sith. But the cat Sith was a, they described it as the size of a dog, which would kind of fit oh, in yeah. your size. And this will freak you out. It was known to follow people to try to steal their souls. Hmm. They were very popular when someone died. They would see them like near funeral homes and things like that. But they were, mm-hmm. but that was the, the shtick was in Celtic mythology was the idea was that they were soul stealers. Now, did they present themselves during the day? Like when people are awake or uh, is this something that comes in a lucid dream? Well, they're, I mean, they, they're also, I mean, I think their other name from was they're like fairy cats. So they would kind of come and kind of come in and out of vision and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the first time I noticed this was when I was in a crib. I didn't notice it again until I was about 22 or 23. And this uh, cat, whatever, would show up a couple times throughout my 22, 23 years, right? So I'm about maybe 20. I think I was 23 when this happened. I was going to bed. I remember getting into the bed. I remember being very tired. Like I was mentally exhausted, physically exhausted, ready to go to bed. I remember laying in bed and I thought I heard something in the house. I'm there by myself. So I remember sitting up and flipping over because I usually sleep on my stomach. 
maybe too too much information. Look, That's a terrible way to sleep for your posture. I know, I know. That's why I wake up with headaches. I get it, whatever. That's the only way I can go to sleep. So I'm sleeping, my hands under the pillow, face to the right, sleeping on my stomach. I hear something in the house. I remember flipping over thinking, if I need to get up, where am I going? Like, if I need to get out of this bedroom, how am I going to do it? I remember thinking through that because I could hear it. I mean, it was loud and it was in the house. And I definitely, it was like, not one of those things where it's like, oh, was that something? I don't know. It was definitely something and I could continuously hear it. So I was like, okay, if it starts to move toward this room, like, where am I going? So I hear it again. And this time I hear a thud alongside it. And it sounded like something heavy was being pulled across carpet. Very weird. Didn't know what it was. But I like I and like that knee jerk reaction, your intuition, whatever it is. I was like, that cat was visiting me like three or four days ago. That's interesting that I hadn't seen that cat in a long time. And then all of a sudden, flash forward a couple of days, here we are. What is that? Well, I hear something being drugged across the carpet. I kid you not, the next thing I know, I'm being pushed down into my mattress. I can't breathe. I can't see. I felt like I was under 10,000 gallons of water. I mean, the pressure on my entire body was unbelievable. And I don't know how long I was there. Like time just like, it, it really could have been 60 seconds. It could have been five minutes. I don't know. It was absolute terror through my entire body. And I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. You might as well have just buried me in sand. I couldn't move. I couldn't see. My eyes were open but I couldn't see anything. And all I remember doing is praying that like whatever it was would release me from this bed because I couldn't even get away. Um, I prayed and prayed and prayed. I couldn't cry. I mean, it was my entire body was completely paralyzed. Whenever that thing released me, I came up out of the mattress and slammed down onto the bed. So we're not, when I say slammed onto the bed, the, the mattress flew off the bed. I slammed down onto a mattress that was half on a box spring, half on the floor. I mean, there was some power behind it is basically what I'm trying to say. I don't know what the sounds were. I don't know it was the cat thing that came back. I have no idea what this was. But when I came off that mattress, realizing that I had the freedom to be able to move my body, I went running out of the house and at this point it might've been one or 2 AM. It was very late. It was very cold outside. Um, I was so scared that I just got up and ran and I ran across the farm to my parents' house uh, and obviously didn't have keys. So I'm just sitting outside thinking like, what do I do? My parents don't really believe in this. So I sat outside in the freezing cold until the sun started to come up. My mom, thank goodness, wakes up really early she opens the door. She's like, what are you doing out here? And I was like, I don't know. Something happened to me in the middle of the night. Don't know what happened. I'm scared to go back to the house, though. Can we go together? And we, she was like, Lauren, you're being absolutely insane. And I was like, Mom, I'm telling you, I'm too scared to go back to the house. Like, I know the sun's up, but I can't go back. I don't know what happened. But I heard this, like, weird noise. At first, it started like a normal thing. It got louder. Then all of a sudden, I heard a thud. It sounded like something very heavy being drugged across carpet. I don't know. We go back to the house. There are, I mean, the entire kitchen was at this point destroyed. Like everything that was in the kitchen cabinets had been blown out of the cabinets all over the floor. And not like something had like scurried through it. 
you know what I mean? And like pulled stuff out of the cabinets and things were everywhere. Like the entire kitchen had been exploded out into the middle of the kitchen. Okay. And there was flour all over the floor from obviously the flour bags coming out of, of the spots where I had them. And there were paw prints in it. <laughs> my mom tried oh, to tell me it was raccoons. <laughs> all right. How big were the paw prints? They looked like cat size. Like they looked like, well, bigger than cat. Um, I don't, I, I, coyote size, like smaller than a human hand, bigger than a dog print. It's the Celtic cat, man. It's after your soul. It's, that's just, and this is, that is just terrifying. And this is all in the same house that you, this is all in the same house. That was your grand, your grandparents' house. It was. Yeah. And it, and it also is the house that looks over that graveyard where that rolling field was. So I'm like, okay, there's something that's happening in that graveyard that is causing spirits to move into the house was my dad opening a portal to allow my grandfather to give him some type of like relief with what he was dealing with. And was the cat always just attached to me as a child. So that house is close enough to some type of a portal that is in the ground that, you know what I mean? Cause like, it's just so interesting that all of this seemed to happen in this, this, this space. Do you, you know? have it? Do you have any relatives? If you trace back your gene, genealogy, do we go back to uh, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England, any in there? I do. So my grandmother on my mother's side had some Welsh in her. But here's what is very interesting. And this is, I didn't even put back like the genealogy of this. And I don't know if this is even related or correlated. Okay. So my dad, who was again, a skeptic, doesn't want to believe in any of this. He gets freaked out completely by this. Um, you know, West Virginia is very known for all of the the folklore and the, the um, Appalachian witch, witchcraft, I guess is what I would call it. I don't really know that that's the key term and I probably should look up more information on this, but, um, there are people in the mountains who have certain gifts and it's passed down from generation to generation. It usually skips generations. Right. So my great, or my, let me think about this. My dad, his great grandmother had the ability to breathe fire. Have you guys ever heard of this? What? What? No. Gene Simmons was your Yes, yeah. was my great great grandmother. <laughs> Man, you are loaded. Because... So when we set the bar high, that's what the big reveal was. And, and by the way, to... I just double checked something because I want to make sure before I chimed in. The majority of Celtic mythology comes from Wales. Oh, interesting. So, so your great would you say your great great grandmother or your great? Yeah. So my great great grandmother was part dragon. Was part dragon. I nice. I don't know where she was from. I know that they they were mostly German, but who knows, right? I I don't know what other parts what, of. What do you mean by that? She had the ability though to breathe fire. Okay, so got this. This is a gross story, but I'll tell you. This is the first time I've ever told this. So my dad apparently. This is a from the know, shadows exclusive. exclusive. <laughs> from the shadows exclusive. Yeah. So my dad, when he was young, five, six, seven, he always had these warts that he had on his hand. Okay. Now he got them, I guess, as a child doing farm work, right? These, these warts populated, he had gone through multiple series of medical things. Like he'd gone to the doctor, they tried to remove them. They tried to freeze them. They cut them off. They always grew back. 
my great, great grandmother looked at him and said, Jack, if you need to get rid of these warts, I can do that for you. And he was like, I don't, I don't know how you would do that. And she goes, well, you just, you have to trust me and you have to believe. And he was like little, and he was like, okay. So she goes out, they kill a pig. She takes part of the pig meat. She says some type of something over top of his warts. She goes and she buries the pig meat in the ground. She comes back and she says, when that pig meat rots, probably three to five days, those warts are going to be completely gone. He said, okay. Again, he's little, so he doesn't really believe her. Literally, five days later, the warts were there just the whole time. Five days, still warts. He wakes up on that sixth day. They are completely gone. He's never had them again. Never had a problem. Ever. There's no reason because he'd been through years of medical treatment from doctors. And I mean, I think they went to Hopkins in, you know, Baltimore to try and like get this taken care of and they couldn't figure it out. Fast forward, his, his great grandmother was able to take this away. So she says to him, this is something that runs in our family. This is a special gift that is passed down in order for this to be passed down. It has to go to you because it skips a generation, right? So she couldn't pass it down to her kids, but she could pass it to him. She wanted to send him somewhere in the middle of the state to meet with people that, that teach this practice. And he was too terrified to go. And then she passed away when he was in high school and he never went because he was terrified of it. So he doesn't have any type of special gift or whatever, but that's, that was supposed to be the genealogy of, of tradition to be passed down. So fast forward a little bit, he also had a, a farm accident and had several broken bones and had to go, he was in the hospital for about six months and uh, he got ran over by a tractor. And so they packed his body in sand. He was in this hospital for six months. People from their church would come and visit, you know, and, and just make sure he's okay and do that or whatever. Well, apparently this grandmother had also helped another kid that had gone to their church. He had been burnt really bad in a uh, brush fire accident. And she said some spells and did something and took the burn out of his skin. And he was able to fully recover where they at one point thought, you know, you're going to have skin grafts, you're going to have scarring, you're going to have all this stuff. But the biggest problem is you're going to have a lot of damage. You may not be able to use your hands and part of your face anymore. And I guess my great, great grandmother went to their house and did some witchcraft stuff and took this burn out of this kid's skin. And they call it breathing fire back home. So she was known for breathing fire. And my family tried to cover it up completely for years and years. I mean, I didn't know about this until the whole thing with my grandfather happened. And then my dad revealed that part of the family history to me. How wild. Well, it's interesting that he, that you thought he didn't believe in ghosts and he was exposed to all this other, other stuff. Yeah. Basically wanted to get, they wanted to send him off to Hogwarts. Essentially. Yeah, exactly. You know, the crazy thing is in, we see this a lot is people who have a lot of paranormal experiences when they're younger, for some reason, refuse to believe it as when they get older, they just right. immediately just shut it out. Nope, nope, nope. Won't listen to it. Um, become very closed minded, even though they lived it and they experienced it. Yeah. And I don't know why that phenomenon is, but it's very true. Did, mm -hmm. did your, did your dad have any kind of ability that he, that he owns up to? None. At all. He refuses. He doesn't want to 
I mean, I think that he's more open to talking about it now because he realizes that like there are certain things that I, I mean, I, I and I don't know if you guys know the answer to this. You've had so many conversations. I don't know why certain people are more open or more able to take in situations. Um and others are more closed off. I don't know if it's an intuition thing. I don't know if these these spirits or these guides or whatever it is that you believe pick us or if it is a gift that is just given to us. And and now that like my dad and I've had more open conversations and he realizes that things have happened to me pretty much my entire life um, or I'll sense things are going to happen before they actually happen. And I'll make a comment or a joke. It's usually a joke. I cannot, I've got to really be careful with my jokes. Because I'll we'll say something is going to happen and then fast forward and actually does happen. And it happened exactly how I made the joke. You know, there are things that happen. And my dad and I have like now kind of come to this understanding. Well, if you of, start like, joking about us being the most world's famous podcast. We uh, the, lotto. <laughs> the lotto. The lotto going to hit, baby. You just wait for it. <laughs> but, the, but you know, that's weird because uh, essentially it should have skipped you. It should have. Yeah, it, was it should have skipped me. Exactly. Well, okay, so my dad was the seventh son of a seventh son. And he had all sorts of abilities to see paranormal stuff, experience paranormal paranormal stuff. And yeah. um, he never really talked about it too much. But I got a little trickle down from it. Um, and we kind of talked a little bit about it. And I just think that people's ability to, to experience the paranormal is almost like a heightened sixth sense. I think we all mm -hmm. have it. But for some reason, it's almost like a frequency on when you're trying to tune a radio station in. And, and you know, some people hear static and then you turn it just a little bit the right way and suddenly a station comes on. I just think those people that are that can do that, they've just dialed in that sixth sense better than anybody else. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, well um, remember the guy we had on who has the shrine down in outside mm -hmm. of, is it Bristol, Tennessee? Or yes. Where, where's it at? Mm -hmm. And um, he had his third eye blinded or covered up so that he could not experience the paranormal because he is the caretaker of this Shinto. Is it, was it Shinto? It's a paranormal hotspot. Shinto yeah. shrine. Yes. Shrine where all this uh, like stuff gets sent to him that's cursed or uh, haunted or, you know, it's bad stuff. that And it comes to this yeah. shrine where he is the caretaker and he – witnesses stuff going on but he doesn't experience it himself because they went through the ceremony where they blinded his third eye the eye that mm. would see the right because if he yeah. didn't there's no way he could stay yeah, he couldn't he couldn't stand there and and i mean we know this place is super haunted because we have yeah. people that, we know people that go down there and so there's you know, and a lot of people have talked about, you know, there's ceremonies in Native American culture that do the same thing. Open that eye. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, yeah, I, I do think that everybody probably does have that ability. It's just whether it's nurtured at a young age or encouraged, mm -hmm. you know. Or, or I think people sometimes experience it and they immediately cast it off as a, a natural explanation. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you hear something and or you see something that's unexplainable and you immediately write it off as something that is explainable mm. when you really have had a paranormal experience, but you just refuse to accept it. I mean, I right. would bet, I don't know, we talked about this one time, you know, if we if we did a blind study and, and, and people answered the questions honestly, how many people 
in this country, 350 million or whatever, have had an experience that they could describe as paranormal and had no rational explanation. I would say 75% of people. Mm-hmm. But you can't get seventy five percent of the people to no, admit no. to that. No, way. no. There's a lot of people that you know contact us that just want to t- talk to somebody, mm-hmm. but they don't. Want, they definitely don't want to go on a podcast. You know, they right. just want to talk to right. somebody that will believe them. Yeah, they're struggling with it because in their family or their. Uh, people they hang around with, uh, they would just say, oh, you're just crazy or whatever. And they don't want that ridicule. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's definitely a social pressure where if you have a story that is a little bizarre, you know, people almost shun you because it's, it's spooky and it's, uh, you can't really tie it back to a reason or a thing or, or we're so mm-hmm. we need tangible evidence of things happening to us for, for whatever reason. That's why we put things in categories and make a lists and, you know, and there is a lot of social pressure when it doesn't fit a category. You don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was a cat. It could have been a bobcat. It could have been a spirit guide. It could have been a devil. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know what that was. It well, certainly wasn't a, just a cat sitting on your back. When it had hands, right. when it had hands like a human and would play with it. And on top right. of that, that was like right. poltergeist activity. I mean, this thing was being yes. very aggressive. Yes. So, so, Lauren, let me ask you. When, so when you saw your grandpa or who you know what you thought was your grandpa – you stayed in the house then, right? I did. I didn't feel scared in that moment. Like I felt really weirdly at peace, which, you know, I, I, I can't even describe that feeling. I just felt fine. I felt comfortable. Um, and when I realized he disappeared, I was like, what is it? Why would he like, it was, it was almost just a, I knew I had an actionable thing I needed to do, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I should do because I knew that my dad may not want to hear that information, but I felt like it was useful. You know, I felt like it was useful information and I knew that I needed to move forward with it. Um, but with the, with the lucid dream situation, I was not safe and I knew I needed to get out of there and I did not move back into that house. I mean, it scared me so bad. I, I took everything out and I, I, I left that the premises because I was, I was so freaked out, you know. Well, well, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask then. So, from the time you saw your grandfather mm-hmm. till the time that lucid dream took it's place, like six years. Did you did you live in that house continually, or was there a time that you moved out and came back? I was there pretty much the whole time. Okay. You know, aside from a couple of nights where I would, you know, stay with a friend or stay with my parents or something like that. Yeah, I was there pretty much consistently. I just wonder because you know. Um, if that house is like you said, a portal of something that maybe mm-hmm. you leaving at for any stretch of time, you might have brought something back, or maybe she's the portal. Ooh. It ain't the property; it's her. It's her. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, let me tell you about what's happened recently. Okay. And you guys put the put the pieces together for me, maybe. Okay, so well, I live Jason in Hermitage, Jason is the Tennessee. master puzzle maker here. Oh, I love a good puzzle maker. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so I live in Hermitage, which is just outside of Nashville. It's 15 minutes uh, outside of downtown Nashville. Um, I moved into this house in 2016. And um, I feel very safe. Let me start with that. I feel very safe. I feel very comfortable, but there have always been weird things that have kind of happened. Um, and sometimes it's the little things like a light will come on or a TV station will pop up and I don't really have anything that should have prompted that to happen. Right. So little tiny technical things. Um, so I have a, I have a friend that was buying a house and her lease in her apartment had ended. So she, there was like a two month stretch where she moved into my house and we lived together. So I come home from work one night, you know, maybe nine o'clock at night. I walk in and my friend Annette is upstairs and she's talking to someone. And I walk up the stairs and I'm like, hey, who are you talking to? And she was like, I was talking to you. And I said, what? I just got home. And she goes, you haven't been standing up in the hallway for 20 minutes? And I was like, no. And she goes, oh my gosh, that was weird. I thought I was talking to you. I thought you were asking me what I was watching. I was telling you about this true crime show that I was watching and you were asking questions about it. And I was explaining to you like what I was watching. And I was like, oh, okay. We both kind of chucked it up to just being like just a weird nuance type thing, right? We, we couldn't figure it out. A weird we nuance too- of talking to somebody. Yeah, it was there. just, it was very strange and we couldn't put it together. I think that we just kind of were like, that happened and we'll just take it, live with it, move on. <laughs> like Very odd. Um, but she also had sense that somebody else was in this house. Okay. So we start calling this thing Lucille. We feel like this, it's a woman. We have no idea anything about her. We both sense that it is a woman. She heard a woman's voice. She thought it was my voice. Um, she, uh, so Lucille has a thing where she likes to, she likes to sing. <laughs> and one night I was laying in bed, I was asleep and all of a sudden a light comes on in my, what I thought was the bathroom. So the light comes on and I wake up and I look into my master bathroom, which is attached to my bedroom. So the way that, let me explain how this is set up. So my bedroom and bathroom are attached. And then on the other side of my bathroom is where you walk into my closet. Okay. And so 
I see the light come on. I open up my eyes. I look in and I'm like, oh, the light in the bathroom's on. So I get up to go turn the light off. Then I realize that it's not the light. There's no light on in the bathroom. And so I look into the closet and I realize that the, there's a, a staircase that goes up to the attic from there. You can pull the, pull the stairs down from the, the ceiling or whatever. And it's the light above my closet that is on. So there's a light in, in the attic, okay? And so I go to flip the light off and I flip the light off and the light goes off and I go to get back into my bed. The light comes back on and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go back in, I shut, shut the light off again and the light comes back on. I turn it off again. And I'm thinking like, am I asleep? Is this a dream? And I'm just like frustrated with this light. So I stand there and I'm like, okay, grounding myself. Like I've got my feet on the floor. I'm touching my clothes. I'm definitely awake. So I flip the light back off. I go to step back into the bathroom and the light comes back on and I hear this woman singing. She sounds great. No idea what she's singing, but she is happy as a clam singing in my attic. And I go back into the, the, the closet and I look up and I said, hey, Lucille, can you stop singing? And her singing stops and I hear her say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I say, I'm just trying to sleep. I have to work tomorrow. Do you mind keeping it down? I don't mind that you're here. And she goes, I really appreciate that. I love being here. I'll be, I'll be more mindful. And the light goes off. Oh my goodness. (laughs) The light goes off. I crawl into bed. No problem for the rest of the night. (laughs) What? Well, for my first question is, was she singing a song I wrote because I, I need royalties? I need some She was. She was. Uh, are you Absolutely kidding was. me? Yeah, that, that's like, I don't care whatever story the judge has to tell. That's a mic drop right there that you just. Isn't that weird? Weird. Yes. You had a <laughs> conversation. You had a conversation. I mean, had a conversation with her. Had a conversation well, here's with what her. I a know, coherent though. conversation, too. So, yes. So here's what I want to yeah. know. When you called whatever you were talking to, Lucy, it never mm-hmm. corrected you about a name? It didn't give no. you its real name? Well, nope. obviously, it's probably heard them say, we're going to call her Lucy, probably. Yeah. And she probably is like, yeah, okay. It yeah. could have implanted that, you know, and so you just kind of picked up that that was the uh, entity's name. Oh, my gosh. Maybe. You, you, <laughs> but she plays with my dogs. Like there, there are multiple times just throughout the week. I mean, daytime, nighttime, it doesn't matter. It's not like a, again, it, it doesn't have any rhyme or reason. There's no category. There's no list. Like sometimes I'll just like look over and my, I have a, a dog that's 12 years old who is um, blind and deaf. Like she's not fully blind or f- fully deaf, but she's, she's old mm-hmm. and she doesn't really get too excited about stuff. Kind of like me. Um, you, call, you call this dog Shane. <laughs> you better stop it, Shane. You better stop it. You're youthful and spry. <laughs> okay, now we know that everything she said is completely crap. She's, she's there is nothing spry about she's this. She's delusional. <laughs> so she plays with your dog. So, this, so you've witnessed Lucille playing with your dog. Yes, yes. She'll play with my dogs, and I've got a I've got a pup named Sullivan. He's a year old. He's a mini golden doodle. And I'll see Maggie just like pay attention. All of a sudden, she'll just start staring at the wall and she'll follow the wall, which I thought was dementia. She'll follow the wall <laughs> into the living room <laughs> and she'll sit down and then she is fully invested in something. And all of a sudden, she'll just roll over and she, it's almost like it, as if I were sitting on the floor playing with her ears, petting her back, rolling her over, rubbing her stomach. Like she does the whole thing 
that I normally do. And she, and here's Maggie sitting on the floor reacting the exact same way, but there's no one in front of her. And I know it's Lucille. I know it's Lucille. It always happens when I'm sitting here, you know, hunkered down with work and I'm like, gosh, I've not spent enough time with my dogs today. I'll have that thought. And later that afternoon, my dogs are playing with Lucy in the living room. Or like, now is this, now, do you live like in a house house or do you live I, like, in I a do. Condo? It's a two story. It's a two story home. Mm-hmm. So have, have you ever been tempted to do a little historical research on the house and see? Um, Guys, I did. And I'm not finding anything. We got to send the ghost sisters down there. The, yes. The, they'll yes, get, they'll get down to, to it. They'll get down the brass um, text. Send them to me. I would love that. The next time. Because she's not shy. I mean, this, this, this spirit or whatever it is that it is. I mean, she is not, she's, she's here all once a week. I mean, she comes by pretty often. Well, the fact that she can sing and sings well, being in Nashville, it really like, is kind of like who, okay. Is this like somebody who always wanted to be an artist? knows, Knows that you are connected to the, to the music business and, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe yeah, fifteen minutes of fame. Well, <laughs> well, so when you I mean, when you hear her sing, is she singing in English? She is singing in English, but it's more like uh, if you were to listen to somebody just kind of like humming along, or like kind of like mm, yeah. just just singing. There's no words. It's not like a full lyric. She's just you know singing, and she's just she. I mean, she's she's great. But it's interesting that she was able to have a full conversation with my friend Annette. And Annette thought that they were talking. She thought she was talking to me about this true crime thing that she was watching. Well, the on interesting TV. thing is that that this uh, Lucy's voice mimicked yours. Like, if I mean, if I'm in the house yes. with my family and one of them's talking to me, right? You know people's voices. So, so the question yeah. is: so the question then begs, not to creep you out. But the question is: is this thing mimicking and purposely trying to lure you into a? false sense of security with it just to get your soul. I didn't need you to tell me that. Oh, jeez. Well, he's always here to, uh, you know, pound the gavel on reality. Well, we got to give, look, and we uh, got to give, we got to give the, the listeners different vantage points on these issues. I mean, that's the, the well, we don't need to give Lauren different. Well, cause I'll tell you what it leads oh into, it'll lead into my story. When, when you oh, hear my yeah. story, you'll see what I'm talking about, about whether, yeah, true. this is a. I'm glad I was waiting. I was, wa- true. I was waiting for you to to go up into the attic. Is what I was waiting for you to tell us. That you <laughs> I'm did. in it right now. Where do you think you're calling me from? <laughs> well, hello there, Lucy. How are you? Thanks for joining us. <laughs> when you, we would just all die if she just showed up on this podcast. Like we won't hear her now, but when you guys listen to the playback, <laughs> well, we'll oh be, yeah, I know. It won't be, be uh, it won't be us. It'll hello? be Jason as he does the producing. We hear Yes, let us know if you hear anything weird, Jason. It's definitely Lucy. I will definitely let you know. That would be something to talk about. We call it an right. EP in the process yeah. of recording. Oh my gosh! And the and the funny thing is, well, funny is our listeners once when they hear this, they'll have already heard a show that I just recorded about a story that was kind of similar. So it'll be Ooh. kind of interesting to see them gasp when you said mm-hmm. they thought you know your roommate thought you were in the house and they were 
talking to you. Oh, interesting. Okay, guys, my, my every like goosebump that I've ever had now also has goosebumps. Like it's populating faster than COVID on my body. Can we? I want to hear somebody else's. Tell me somebody else's ghost story because now I'm freaked out. Okay, so bef- so we're gonna take a quick break and play our second song because it's perfect for this. It's called Purple Potion, written by one of my friends and co-writer Sarah Harrelson. And another writer I've never heard of called Shishi. So we're going to play that quick. Let Lauren's goosebumps get a chance to to settle down a little bit, and the judge will come back with his story. The wind. The wind. So, Judge, uh, now that we've heard, we've all got spooked out from Purple Potion, okay, all right. would you tell Lauren and all of our longtime loyal listeners who who may not have heard this story on another show, the one that we you refer to and we refer to as The Wind? The Wind. Okay. So, this is, people have heard me talk about, I had a dog man experience when I was a teenager. And this is far more scarier, more terrifying than than that. So I had built a house out in the country on some farmland, you know, negotiated a deal with the farmer. So this is this is a brand new house. Nobody ever lived in it. Not far from the dog man experience. Not, not far from the dog man experience. But so we built this house and um, I had a daughter or I had one daughter already when we moved in and then had a second daughter. And when she was about two and a half, three years old, um, we had a, a, a bedtime ritual where I would come in and I would read her a story and then I would tuck her into bed. That was our, our bedtime ritual. So one night I went in, did the bedtime ritual and put her to bed, walked out, and we had a baby monitor still. 
and I hear her in there talking to something, someone. I thought, what the heck is she doing? So I went in, and she was fairly distressed. So I said, you know, what's going on? And she says, this little boy is bothering me. Mm. Well, I thought she meant like at church, like at Sunday school or something like that. She wasn't in preschool yet. I'm like, well, who is it? And then she corrects me, is it no, the little boy's in the room. And I said, well, what does he look like? And she said that he had blonde hair and he was wearing a pair of blue bibs. And I was like, okay. And here I'm thinking, you know, maybe she's just stalling. You know what I mean? She did, maybe she mm-hmm. didn't want to go to sleep. So she's making all this up just so she doesn't have to go to sleep. And then I figured she'd hit me up for another bedtime story because she was good at that. You know, read another story, read another story. So I, I'm not I'm not buying it. And I said, well, okay, well, what's his name? You know, and I was expecting Billy, Bobby, Jimmy, or whatever. And she says, his name is Wind. So that called me. I'm like, Wind? She's like, yeah, his name's Wind. And then I kind of got freaked out because I'm like, well, why the heck would she say that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I said, well, what, you know, what's he doing? And she says, he wants me to go outside and play. And now mind you, it's winter and it's, you know, 30 degrees outside. And I'm like, he wants you to go outside. She goes, yeah, he's bugging me. He won't let me sleep. He wants me to go outside and play with him. And I said, now I'm freaked out a little bit because I grew up with paranormal stuff and supernatural stuff. And I was like, well, you know, not to go outside, right? She goes, no, no. And so we had a home security system. So I made sure I set the, the alarm that night. So if anybody ever opened the door, you know, alarms would go off. So I finally got, you know, I stayed in there, got her calmed down, got her to go to sleep. Next night, guess who shows back up? Wind. And, and this goes on and on for over a week. And she's getting more and more distressed at night. Like she's scared to go to bed because wind's going to show up and, and, you know, he pester her, bug her, insistent, like insistent that she go outside. And so, you know, I'm getting, I mean, this is really freaky stuff. And the thing is I had, you know, I had seen things or experienced things and I kind of have what I call spider sense, you know, that kind of goes off when there's paranormal stuff around, you know, the hair raises on the back of my, you know, and I get goosebumps. It could be a hundred degrees out. It doesn't matter if I'm somewhere where I've sent something that it'll happen. And I was like, I don't know what to do about this. So we, so her mom and I, we finally, I, I went to the pastor of our church. We was going to this church and he was a pretty open-minded guy. I said, Hey, I need some help. And so I tell him what happens. Well, he just kind of blows me off. He gets, you know, oh, you know, you know, kids have imaginary friends and this, you know, they, they may, I'm like, dude, this isn't an imaginary friend. She's not friends with this thing. This is, this thing's tormenting her. It's aggravating her. She, she has a hard time sleeping. Uh, you know, I'm freaked out. <clears throat> so he soft sold me too. And so I wasn't very happy about it. So finally the weekend's coming up and I, I told her mom at the time, I said, look, I said, she needs a break. Why don't you take the kids and go to your mom and dad's place. They live probably an hour away and, you know, give us a break and I'll stay here in the house. So sure enough, about 10 o'clock, I get the phone call. Wind was there, showed up. So now I know this thing is not 
like stuck at my house. It's not like we had built the house on an Indian graveyard or some craziness, you know what I mean? Like that. And so, Mm -hmm. so this thing was clearly not stuck with my house. It could follow her. And so, um, they come back and this goes on for another, I don't know how many days. And, and I'm finally, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a raw nerve at this point because like I said, I, I'd had this dog mean experience when I was a kid and there was something you could actually do about it. You know, you could run, but there was nothing I could do about this. This thing just kept showing up. I couldn't see it. I couldn't sense it. I mean, I had, and, and you know, one of the scariest things probably imaginable is when something's messing with your kid and you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you know, we, we experience stuff ourselves, you know, we, we can deal with it, but when something's messing with your child, what do you do? It's terrifying. So finally, when it finally came to the head was one night I had put her to bed. I'd went downstairs and I came back up the stairs, a two story house. And so her bedroom, imagine this. So her bedroom and my bedroom were separated by her bathroom. And so they were close together. So I went to walk into my bedroom and I see out of the corner of my eye, a little boy with blonde hair wearing blue bibs walk into her bedroom. I see it now. And I just froze. I mean, it's, it's the weirdest thing because, and I don't know how other people would react, but I just froze like literally just, like frozen right there. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> the baby monitor was on and I hear her talking to it and she would, her mom had coached her up how to pray and stuff like, you know, to get rid of this thing and stuff like that. And she would, she would do that. And it was like, <clears throat> like to no avail. Well, then I hear this voice and it's this crazy dialect that I couldn't even begin to mimic. And I'll give you an example. So I don't speak Russian or German or Japanese, Italian, whatever. I I can speak very, very, very little Spanish, maybe a few swear words. But the bottom line is if I heard, see, but if I heard someone talking in that dialect, I would be able to say, well, that sounds like Russian or that sounds like German or, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? That sounds like Spanish. Mm -hmm. Well, this was something I can't explain. I can't even mimic it. Like if I, like if you'd said, okay, you know, I could do a fake Irish accent or something like that, but this is something I, I can't do. You can't like, it was almost like I couldn't even begin to enunciate the sounds. Okay. And I thought it was this thing was talking to my daughter. So I'm really freaked out. Well, then I realize it's her talking to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. goodness. <sighs> so, and, and I'm listening to this, to this baby monitor and it's the weirdest thing. I, I'll tell you more about it, but so... Then I hear her say, like, okay, 
You know, like if I said something and said, okay, and then she says, okay, like talking. And I run in the room and she basically <coughs> says the wind's gone. It's not going to bother anymore. Weird. What? Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, fast forward six months. Okay, six months. We're at a Chinese buffet restaurant and with the church group. And I always sit with the kids and make sure nothing, you know, they didn't mess around or do something stupid. So all the adults are, and they had pushed like three tables together. And there's probably 15 people. And so the adults are sitting on one side. And I'm sitting at the very, very end of the table across from my daughter who's sitting in a, in a booster seat. And there's these other little kids around her. And you can imagine three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds all together. And they're screwing with the crayons and fooling around and, and stuff. And all of a sudden, my daughter's head just jerks to the side like she saw something. And she says, wind, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's back. <coughs> and, she, and I said, did you see wind? And she says, yeah, but he's not going to bother me. So I was like, oh my God, thank God. So then I realized this thing is just creeping around all the time, right? It's just creeping around. So then fast forward, I don't know, it could have been six months, it could have been a year, I don't remember. But I'm sitting at my I'm sitting at my my desk and um this Yahoo article popped up. And I don't even know if it was Yahoo, it could have been some other article. And it's a story about this little boy he was three years old up in toronto and it was winter and he was living in one of these high-rise apartments and in the middle of the night he just gets out of bed leaves the you know goes out in the hallway takes the elevator down to the lobby walks out the lobby walks a couple blocks away from his house to a park freezes to death under a tree <laughs> and the parents when they interviewed him was like they could not believe this happened because he was a scaredy cat. He would have never, he would have never went out without them. There's no way he would have done this. They couldn't believe it. Then they had security cameras where they saw him in the elevator. They saw him walk out the door and it hit me right then. Wind. That was what it was going to do to my daughter. It was to take her outside. She's going to freeze to death. Wow. Now I don't know if that thing in Toronto was wind itself or another entity like it, but mm -hmm. The moral of the story is, and I, t I tell the story to young mothers all the time, and it freaks them out, and I tell it as a cautionary tale, that if your kid says they see something, believe them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you don't know what's out there. And this thing clearly was not a little boy. It disguised itself as a little boy to try to get her trust, like it was a peer person, you know, in her peer group. And it was going to get her outside and she was going to freeze to death and die. So we have, I tried to research it for years. I mean, for years I tried to find wind, like spirit names, winds, you know, evil spirits, entities, whatever. Drew a blank and everything. And then we were on a show. We were on this, we were on Strange Familiars. We were on the Strange Familiars and, and we got some feedback from some yeah. people, some emails about what they think and some interesting stuff. But, you know, the moral of the story is, you know. No, the la but the language. Oh, back to the language. Yeah, back so, to the language. This is, this is the part that is 
<laughs> really crazy. Yeah, Weird. Really crazy. So I don't know when I watched it. I, I didn't watch the movies or anything. I watched it on video or, or it was on TV, on HBO or something. But there's a, a movie called The Fourth Kind, I think it was. Is that what it is? The Fifth I, Kind? So it's like The Fourth Kind. I think it's and it's a it's a alien abduction movie. And in that, this person records this recording of this thing that's talking. And it sounded, that recording, I'm not, the recording from the movie sounded almost exactly to what my daughter was, language was talking in. And in the movie, they had somebody research it. Now, this fourth kind movie is based on a true story. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it came back as a Syrian. Like back in Sumerian times. Yeah, Syrian. It's, it's a dead language. Nobody speaks it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Unbelievable. That is just, that's creepy as I don't know what. Yeah. I mean, now, I, I'm, I, could I be wrong or could the movie, I mean, pick up something? Yeah, but what I'm telling you is, what I heard in the movie described was, was in a, a Syrian language. This is a dead language. Nobody even speaks it. But it was very, very bizarre. And it, no. to this day, to this day, it's the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. And I've had some creepy stuff, but that right there, stalking your child after your child, yeah. You can't protect, you know, you can't exactly. protect against something like that. That's right. terrifying. Yeah. And, and like I said, she, she went to her grandparents It followed her. Like, yeah. it was not going to leave her alone, wherever she went. And then, like I said, six months later, it shows up at the Chinese buffet. Which it, is a terrible Chinese buffet, by the way. Oh, it's I mean, it's close. It, it, was, it was following somebody else. else. Well, but, the, but, but Jason's yeah. point was exactly yeah. it was following a different kid. So when she spoke in whatever language she spoke in, and it, you know, commanded it not to bother her anymore, then it attached itself to somebody else. Did you ever ask her what kind of deal she made so that it would leave her alone? She has no memory of it. Wow. And we talk about it all the time, and she she just has no memory of it. Wow. Maybe that might be for the best, though. Yeah. Um, some people said, oh, I think she was talking in tongues, but I've heard, I've seen people, like, on videos talking in tongues, not even close, not nothing like that. One person suggested it was angelic speech. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, wow. it, yeah, it, yeah. It, they did say that you know, angels speak in a tongue that we can't produce with our throats. You know, similar right. also like uh, like Bigfoot. They say that they the way their throats must be designed that they can make harmonic frequencies that we just can't do. Yeah, and that would sort of <clears throat> make sense if she had been praying. For this mm-hmm. thing to leave her alone, and yeah, right. the Holy Spirit might come yes. through her and protect so she, her, because obviously the wind was a uh, was an unholy. Spirit. Yeah, it, it clearly yeah. was. It clearly was a malevolent creature, beast, whatever you want to call it, or right. ghost spirit. Entity I don't know. I mean, evil spirit. But you know, I, to this day, I wonder what it actually was. I mean. I mean, was it, is this something that is, was demonic in nature, if you believe in Judeo-Christian stuff? Or is this one of these just spirits that have been around for millions and millions of years mm-hmm. and predates humans? I don't know. Right. You know, but it, uh, anybody out there, like I said, it's a cautionary tale. Anybody out there that, you know, your kids, you know, all, you know. Has an imaginary has friend. Has an imaginary friend. Be really, really careful. 
be mm-hmm. really careful because this thing was no friend to her. And 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 thank goodness that she, her instincts were good. That this thing was, you know, she knew it was trying to get her to go outside. Now, if this would have been summer, you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. but she knew not to go outside, which is we feel very lucky that she her vibes were hey this not to trust this thing because like i said it came right. and then i saw it it was a little boy blonde hair blue bibs yeah which clearly it wasn't <laughs> you know what i mean maybe originally i don't know in some in some form or fashion but that's the form it took so so there you go lauren that's the wind story wow i am gobsmacked yeah I wow. Does she remember the Chinese restaurant? She has she has very, very few memories about the situation. Yeah. Very, very few. Because she was really young too. Sure. So and I think probably that's one of those things you're glad that you forget. Yeah. You know, like long term memory. So I mean it freaks her. Well, I mean, we talk about it and it still freaks her out to this day, but I think it's interesting too. I love symbolism and it's interesting that the name of this child creature is wind. You know what I mean? You don't notice it until you notice it and then you never think about it again after it stops. Yeah, it's, yeah. Here's, I got a theory on that too. I'm thinking since this thing speaks in a dead language, what it, it might have been saying. It wasn't the thing. It was, but maybe she was speaking yeah, in a language yeah. that it understood. She was, yeah, she was speaking in a language that it understood. But the name might not be wind. It might have just sounded like wind. But that might have mm-hmm. been the quickest, the, the, the best translation she can do. That's thought. Sure. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Lauren, when the uh, attic light is on tonight... Um, can, can I call you? <laughs> sure. But just, just, just hope it's I'm not. I'm going to be just as scared as you. So, so the honest. question is, here, here's a question for you, Lauren. So if wind decided it wanted to come and, and lure you outside, what image would it come in to induce you? I mean, I would probably assume somebody in a tracksuit, because if you have a tracksuit and or pants like fanny pack, I'm probably going to follow you anywhere. Whoa. And I'll bring slap bracelets so that we can all be friends. <laughs> There's another exclusive from the Shadows podcast. <laughs> what it takes. So if you're putting out a dating profile and trying to lure. I got to be honest. A guy in a tracksuit in a fanny mm-hmm. pack is more scary yeah. than the wind. 100%. How many of those guys do you see driving a van in court on a weekly basis for <laughs> some kind of offense? A car, I, mean, a cargo I don't see, van. I don't see car, people car. like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh geez well now that we're all thoroughly scared yeah. uh I, you know lauren i, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing i mean your experiences were uh, see i told you guys she was sandbagging us yeah. i knew she was sandbagging us those stories were some of the best we've heard yes that's what i was some thinking best we've heard. that was one, that was that yes. was definitely one of the best stories i've ever heard yes <clears throat> yes i mean uh and i gotta hand it to you 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 have some nerve to have a conversation. I mean, just have a full on conversation with somebody that you know is not physically there answering your back. That and is then, well, I think not the cat hadn't got me. 
And then you didn't even banish them. You say, you know, I don't mind that you're here, but uh, give me a little respect. I got to get some rest before work. (laughs) I mean, are we on the same page here? Hey, and if you can, can can you get make some coffee for me? Yeah, go make me a coffee while you're at it. See, I'd be uncomfortable. Just clean up after yourself. That'd be great. See, I'd be uncomfortable like showering, using the john. Who are you kidding? Like, it'd be just like college for you. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna be a roommate, at least be a good one. Or, or, or you can yell out at night and say, can you take the dogs out to pee before we play? No joke. Yeah. That would be that's very like, helpful. Yeah, that's like yeah. pay some rent. Yeah. <laughs> pay some rent. Oh, yeah. Well, it is expensive in Nashville. It is. <laughs> so, well, I hope I hope everybody enjoyed this show, enjoyed this episode as much as we did. It's too bad Halloween only comes once a year. It is. Uh, it is too bad. And it's, it's a shout-out. We've done this before. Um any of our listeners, if you have an idea of what the wind was, symbolism of the name, yeah. or ideas, uh, you know, reach out to us. You can email us at From the Shadows Podcast. Yeah, um, I already said it. They yeah, so hit us up. I'm, I'm interested to hear other people's theories. So, yeah. or if there's anybody out there that had a similar experience with their child, that would be very interesting. Mm. Contact us and let us know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, on that note. Thank you again, Lauren. Make sure everybody goes and checks you out. Where? Tell everybody. Well, it's been a pleasure, fellas. And I'm everywhere at Lauren Snap. L-A-U-R-Y-N. Snap like you snap your fingers with two Ps. All right. All right. So go go follow her. Go cheer her on. Go listen to her her, her show. It's fantastic. Um, and we want to wish everybody a happy Halloween. A happy, safe Halloween. And when you go, and when you get done listen to this, uh, Go check her show out, Halloween night. It's probably going to be a little spooky. It's probably gonna We're going to have some ghost stories. <laughs> some you ghost. might hear some familiar voices. <laughs> Promises to put some shivers in your livers. Oh, gosh. Not some George <laughs> Dickel, Rickle, Pickle, or whatever you guys are talking tick about. Tick your so, so, as we, so as we head on out this with this episode, we're going to play one more song, and I'm shamelessly going to plug a song that I wrote inappropriate for Halloween. It's, gonna be, it's called talking to ghosts and you're going to hear a familiar voice of mike allen who sings our normal theme song uh the in the shadows theme song that i i wrote with mike and our buddy david wade so hopefully you you enjoy this song and it uh scares you for the rest of the rest of the day happy halloween everybody happy halloween take it easy Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs> Before the sunrise, I fear no evil, no, not in this life or eternal. Cause I roam these halls, chasing after souls who take in their last breath, but can't find their way home. Oh, I'm talking to gold, hidden from the earthly eyes of mold. I'm talking to gold Oh, I'm talking to gold
for mercy come down on me I've seen the devil face to face He cracked a smile as he walked away Now I run these halls Chasing after souls Who've taken their last breath But can't find their way home Oh, I'm talking to gold Hidden from the earthly eyes of most I'm talking to gold I'm talking to gold Oh, before now Couldn't find my way out Till I used the light in my heart To burn a flame and fight the dark Now I'm only talking Chasing after souls Who've taken their last breath But can't find their way home Oh, I'm talking to gold Hidden from the earthly eyes of most I'm talking to ghosts Oh, I'm talking to ghosts I'm talking to ghosts I'm talking to gold I'm talking to gold Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.